Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers develop their soft skills and break through the barriers of social anxiety to show up more boldly at work, create awesome friendships, improve their dating and relationships, and build lives that they love. Hi there, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. And on today's show, I want to talk about how to do great engineering work. And I found that in engineering school, you learn a lot of the technical aspects of what you're going to need to use in your job. Honestly, I found it to be incomplete, but obviously you learn a lot and it's really helpful with what you're going to be doing in the future. However, I found that there is a lot that you could learn that helps you at your work, at your job, helps you in doing great work that was not taught in school. Largely, I'm talking about the soft skills, the things that aren't technical skills that we aren't taught unless you have some sort of education that I don't know about. Most colleges that I've heard of do not teach the soft skills in any appreciable way. And I want to talk about that here. I want to talk about things that I've learned since graduating, since starting my job, that have helped me do a better job as an engineer, and that I think are really the key to doing well and doing good work. So what are these things? Number one thing that helped me is a growth mindset. And this is something that you may already have. I think it's on a spectrum. But this comes from Carol Dweck's book called Mindset, which is fantastic, and I'd recommend reading this if, if any of this resonates with you. So the growth mindset is all about, it's the growth versus the fixed mindset. The growth mindset is where you believe that any skill or trait or attribute can be improved upon. You believe that While you might be at a certain level right now, if you put in effort and you put in work and you put in deliberate practice, you can improve at that skill. And the fixed mindset, on the other hand, comes with a lot of issues. The fixed mindset is that whatever ability level I'm at right now, that's fixed. I have a certain intelligence level. I am a certain level of ability at basketball, and that's where I am right now, and there's no improving at it. Now, you may be saying, well, there are upper limits to what you can achieve. And that's true. And we have, generally, we're not close to our actual upper limit. And there's so much improvement that could be done that it's almost silly to consider that upper limit. So knowing that your work and your abilities and your skills can be improved through effort and hard work and deliberate practice, which means strategically sitting down and coming up with a practice plan. There are a variety of things that deliberate practice incorporates. Maybe I'll get into that on a future podcast or video or something. But having a great plan for how you're going to go about practicing or learning that skill can be really helpful. And the fixed mindset causes a lot of issues because, for example, they took kids and kids who were praised for their abilities and their skills rather than for the hard work that they put in to build those skills, they kind of got messed up in the head in a way. Because if you were praised always for being smart, always for being intelligent, you thought, okay, well, I must be really smart, I must be really intelligent. And when you finally hit a roadblock that 
proved that you weren't smart enough or you weren't intelligent enough, you thought, oh, shoot, I found my upper limit. And because that's something that you learned to value, and this was the case for me, I I think I was praised for my intelligence growing up, which was well-meaning, and yet when I ran into things where I found, oh, I wasn't intelligent enough, for example, freshman year of college, I took a chemistry class, and a lot of people had already taken one or two years of AP chemistry. I didn't have much of a background in it. I did not find it easy right off the bat. I found I had to put in a lot of study time in order to do well. And instead of taking it as a lesson that, oh, I just need to put in the work to catch up to these kids who are ahead of me, I kind of took it as I'm not smart enough. I have my intelligence level is basically fixed. And these people who are doing better than me must be smarter than me. And there's nothing I can really do to catch up. So this mindset of the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset is huge. One of the biggest parts of developing this growth mindset is not necessarily that you'll grow and learn a ton. While that is a huge element of it, I think the bigger thing is that you learn to disassociate your identity from how good you are at a certain thing. In other words, I, at a certain point, my identity was tied in how smart I was. And I felt really good if I did something that proved that I was smart. And I felt really bad if I did something that might indicate that I wasn't smart. And so I would avoid things that might prove to me on some level that I'm not smart. I would avoid circumstances that would involve challenging myself where I would probably fail or flounder at first. And I would step back from those things that would be great growth opportunities but that might indicate a shortcoming in skills in the present. So it makes you feel a lot better because you're not constantly feeling attacked on the level of, man, this thing that I value so much, for me it was intelligence, this thing that I value so much, I'm not good at it. <laughs> you, you feel really bad when that is proved to be not such a high skill in yourself. So hopefully that helps in terms of the growth fixed mindset. I think that is one of the biggest things that I had to deal with when it came to how to do great work because I had such a fixed mindset, which in some way helped me. I always valued intelligence. I always valued being smart, but it wasn't good when I had to face challenges and I realized that that might prove on a deep level that I'm not smart and I would feel horrible about myself, so I'd avoid those things. Next, become a great decision maker. So decision making is difficult. I think another issue with the school model, especially in engineering, is that you tend to learn that problems are black and white, that there is a problem and there is one solution. And by in solving that problem, you can only have the best solution and everything else is garbage. When you get into the real world, that's not the case. It's not like a problem set where there is just one solution and it's in the back of the book. Oftentimes, we have to make decisions on limited information. You don't have all of the variables or the inputs that you need to put into the equation in order to solve the problem. Oftentimes, you have to make trade-offs. You have to decide between different things. Am I going to make this thing expensive in order to make it really robust 
Or am I going to sacrifice a little bit of robustness? Maybe the thing would break at a lower strength or something, but it's going to be a lot less expensive. And there are a variety of trade-offs that you're always dealing with. And being able to make these decisions well, so educated guesses, collecting all the information you can, but not being perfectionistic and making the decision based on all the information that you have with a well-reasoned reasoning, I think is huge because when I started, I wanted these black and white answers. I wanted to feel certain in everything I was doing, to feel like, okay, I followed the the textbook way of solving this problem, and I'm 100% sure that I got the solution right. Oftentimes in the real world, that doesn't exist, so we have to do what we can and become better and better at making decisions. Next up is becoming a great communicator. And with this being engineer soft skills, I talk a lot about communication and soft skills and how to develop them. And engineers are often lacking in this. Engineers struggle with the soft skills and building them, developing them can be one of the biggest things that you do. I think that this starts with developing your confidence because when we think of soft skills or social skills, we think of people who come across as totally charismatic. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be that way at first. You can speak up at whatever social skill level you're at. And as you speak up more and more, you can develop those skills. You can develop that charisma, those soft skills. You can develop your storytelling and your how your uh, energy is coming across. But at first, just speaking up more and more, because that's something that engineers struggle with, is huge. And learning to communicate in ways that make your coworkers want to work with you and want to and make them feel good, which is, I would say, the core of charisma is making other people feel good when you interact with them. Learning to do that is huge. Oftentimes, I've found that the projects I've been on have struggled largely because people are unwilling to speak up or they don't for whatever reason. And different things that could have been brought up in the early stages of a project don't get brought up. And then you realize later on down the line that had we communicated this out, had there not been silos, had we taken more responsibility for making sure that all of our ideas got out there on the table, it would have turned out so much better. So communication is huge, and I think often we have this mindset that being a great engineer just means putting your head down and doing great work on the technical aspects. Well, I have found that to only be partially true, and your communication skills are enormous in your ability to show up and do great engineering work. Another thing that I've learned that has been huge in my ability to do better and better work is to let go of perfectionism. And this is another thing where engineering school kind of ingrained this mindset in me that things are black and white, there's one correct answer, maybe you get a little bit of partial credit, but you're either right or you're wrong. And in reality, that's not the case. There is no perfect answer. Almost all the time, you have to make these trade-offs, these sacrifices. You're going to get done with a project and realize, I could have improved this aspect and that aspect and the other aspect. And learning to be non-perfectionistic and to dive into problems rather than procrastinate on them because you're afraid 
that your work is not going to be perfect. That was a really bad habit that I had was procrastination because I was afraid that I didn't know the exact right answer or how to solve something. Letting go of all that perfectionism and just being okay with work that is imperfect, albeit trying to do your best, is huge. Finally, developing great habits has been one of the biggest things that has helped me in my career. And this is things like the soft skills, developing the ability to say hi to your coworkers and speak up at meetings and talk to higher-ups. Developing those sort of habits, as well as developing habits like getting great sleep, like eating well, that will give you really good, strong energy throughout the day. Developing the ability to focus for long periods of time. Developing good work habits, like organization. That, that's one I still struggle with to a degree. But by working on them and working on them to get better and better with these things that are habitual patterns of behavior... I've found it to be so valuable in my career, and this isn't helpful just in your engineering career, but obviously getting good sleep, eating well, working out, things like that have an impact on all of your life. They make you feel better. They make you more energized, more focused. They make you happier. They are just good things all around, and those are some of the biggest habits I've worked on. Meditation is another huge one in terms of habit development. So the more you can develop really good habits, you might not think that they matter so much. And again, that sitting down and doing technical work is what matters. But if you work on these things that are, they surround them. This is like the base of your pyramid. And if you aren't energized, if you aren't focused, but you ha if you have a ton of technical know-how, it won't be as effective because you won't be able to be focused and in the zone for a long period of time. So these are some of the things that I've worked on and learned as far as how to do great engineering work. Most of this stuff is stuff I did not learn in school, unfortunately, and I've found it to be really valuable in my life and in my career. So I wanted to pass that along in this podcast, and I hope that it's giving you a lot of value. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills to improve your social life, dating life, and career. Again, thank you for listening.